Hi, everybody. I'm Lisa Shield, and this is Finding the Guardian of Your Soul. Today, I am so excited to be talking about how not to let your list of must-haves get in the way of finding true love. So look, most of us, it's almost impossible not to have some list of things, even if we haven't written it out in our minds, of what we're looking for in a partner. It would be natural that you would want somebody who's a lot like you in terms of your level of education, how much money you make, um, what you like to do for fun. If you have religious beliefs, you want somebody who's on par, you know, who's got the same or similar religious beliefs as you do. There's a lot of things that we should be looking for in a partner and that are normal to want to have. But the problem is we also let that list get in the way of finding that partner because what many of us don't realize is that sometimes what we think we're looking for is different than what we really want. So let me go into explaining this a little bit. I'll give you an example from my own life. So one of the things that I really wanted, I wanted a man who uh, was spiritual. I got a, I was in the process of getting my master's degree in spiritual psychology when I started dating this last time around. I wanted a man who had a spiritual life. Many of my friends wanted guys that were like them, that would go to meditations and pray and, you know, do all the spiritual type things with them that they were doing themselves. And I think that there was the part of me that thought that that's what I wanted too, a man who would go to meditations with me and go to spiritual workshops and do all of these sort of spiritual things that I was doing at the time. Well, the first thing is a lot of the guys that I was meeting who were uh, more spiritual were also not as masculine as I was looking for. <laughs> And I wanted a very masculine man. I wanted a, a, a guy, you know, and somehow these Birkenstock wearing, you know, meditators, the guys that were doing yoga and all, they lacked a certain kind of masculinity that I was looking for in a partner. And so I was having a very hard time finding a man that I looked up to and admired and respected, just the vibe wasn't clicking for me. And my husband, who is, you know, I'll just say it, he's the most spiritual person I've ever met. And he doesn't do any of those things. He doesn't meditate. He doesn't go to yoga. I mean, he did, did do that at one point in his life. But he doesn't even really follow any kind of spiritual path, but he just walks his talk. He's a very deeply principled man, a very caring man, kind, compassionate, and he's been through therapy many, many years of it and worked with a mentor slash therapist for probably eight years before we met. 
and he embodies spiritual principles. So it's not like he's out there looking for these things. He just is these things. And so had I been really holding on to this idea of a man who was going to go to workshops with me and meditate and pray and do all of these very spiritual activities that I was doing at the time I met Benjamin, I would never have chosen him as a partner because he wouldn't have fit into this very specific idea that I would have had of how a spiritual guy, my spiritual guy would have looked. Actually, the funniest thing was Benjamin had written four books on four spiritual topics. And on our very first date, I asked him, I said to him, um, do you have a spiritual path? And he started batting his eyes and looking around the room. And I thought, oh, my God, that's the end of this date. And he was really, he told me later, trying to think, do I have a spiritual path? And what he came back with, you know, after a moment of this and scaring the heck out of me, making me think I was uh, not doing very well on this date, he, he said, you know, I don't have a spiritual path. I'm not really a follower, but I, my best friend and I wrote these four books on four spiritual topics. And I asked him what the books were, and he started to list them. Um, Healers on Healing, Handbook for the Spirit, Handbook for the Soul, and uh, Handbook for the Heart. And here's the funniest thing of all. I had just read Handbook for the Heart for my spiritual psychology program. I was getting my master's. And that was one of the required books that we had read in the course. So it was really quite remarkable. And who would have thought that I was going to go on to marry the man who wrote a book called Handbook for the Heart? (laughs) That was pretty crazy, but that's what happened. And so Benjamin is a deeply spiritual man, but it just showed up in a very different way than I had expected. Prior to meeting Benjamin, I dated another man who I also really adored. He was a wonderful man. The only problem was he was 20 years older than me. And I knew when we started dating that I wasn't going to be his girlfriend for life. But I also knew that he was a great guy. And I told him very clearly, I'm dating other men And I'm really looking for a life partner, possibly even marriage. And if I meet someone, I will let you know. And I did. And I let him know right away. But he was Dutch. And he also was a man. He had his life together. He was principled. He was kind. He treated me very, very well. And it was a lovely relationship. And I could see that men could embody these spiritual principles, integrity, kindness, generosity, and all. And they didn't have to be sitting in a meditation meeting and analyzing their past. They could be good men, kind men, principled men, and that that could show up very differently in a man than it might 
for a woman. And so another quality that I think I would have passed up that I would have missed out on with my husband is growing up, I thought that a real man was tough and assertive and, you know, had a big personality and commanded a room by dominating like my father did. And so when I was growing up, a lot of the men that I was attracted to were a lot like my dad. They were very outgoing. They were very outspoken. And I wound up with men like him. My husband, Benjamin, is kind and considerate, and he doesn't suck all the air out of a room like my father did. And what's beautiful about Benjamin is, had I stuck to my list of what I thought I wanted in a partner, I would have missed out on him because he is kind and I at one time really felt like kind, kindness was a weakness and that a real man was tough. And he may have been tough and fair, but I would have seen kindness as a weakness. And I would have passed that over. And I would have met a man like Benjamin and thought, oh my God, I could walk all over this guy. <laughs> and I probably would have walked all over him but he would have also disappeared. He would not disappeared, but he wouldn't have wanted to date me because I would have been trying to walk over him and he wouldn't have been attracted to me if I had been doing that. So these lists of things that we really think we want, you may know what you want. You may have a very good idea of that, but it might show up differently than you expect it to. We have a client who is dating a man right now who didn't even go to college. She's college educated. She's bright and all. He went to culinary school and she never imagined herself dating a man who didn't have a college degree, but he has so many wonderful qualities. And every time I talk to her, she just says, and he's such a sweetheart. And he's such a sweetheart, you know, and her eyes glow when she talks about him. And she said, you know, he's got a very unconventional job, but he's so responsible and he loves his work. And I could be with a man who had a more traditional job that where he may make more money and he may have a college degree, but he wouldn't be as sweet and he might not love his job and be as passionate about it as this man is or as dedicated to it. So it's important to know what you want, but it's also important to keep an open mind and an open heart. And when a really good man shows up, you want to be able to be able to look at him with fresh eyes and see if maybe he really does have the qualities you know you need, even if they look different than what than how you thought they might look. I hope I'm making sense. And of course, I'd love to hear from anybody who's listening. If you have any questions, we always love hearing from our audience. If you're confused about someone you're dating. Now, on another note, we have a woman in our one of our courses 
I teach, by the way, a 12-week course called Emotionally Naked Dating, and I help women find true love faster. So if you're really sick and tired of having more learning experiences, and you really just want a roadmap for getting this solved, then please go to lisashield.com and click the button so that we can talk with you, jump on a phone call. You can watch my free 45-minute presentation. And then we'll get on a call with you and see if we can show you how to get this solved. So the client that we spoke to last night, she was talking about someone she's dating. And although she said he's very sweet, she really likes him as a person, he is a uh, tennis pro at a school and The problem is he's a tennis pro, she's a dentist, she's highly educated, and as sweet as this man is, she doesn't even play tennis. So this is his passion to be um, a top tennis pro, but she doesn't know anything about tennis, she doesn't even play. And so I don't think that this is going to be a great match because they don't even share, she doesn't share his passion for tennis. If she did, I think it might be a different story. But in this particular situation, it's probably not going to work because of that. So it's important to know where you draw those lines. We have many, many, many women in our programs who thought they were going to wind up with CEOs and high-level executives. And what they found was these men just didn't even have the time to spend with them. They didn't have the time in their schedules to actually do the things that they wanted to do. And so they were always coming second to their work, to the travel, to these late night meetings. And the women were always trying to fit into the men's schedules. And they realized I thought I wanted a man who was a CEO because that seems really sexy from afar. But when they got up close and personal, they saw that these men really didn't have room in their lives for a woman, for a partner. And sure, some of these guys, of course, they do get married and they have families and all. But very, very often the women are second to their jobs because they have so many demands and so many responsibilities. I'm curious if anyone out there is in a similar situation where you've met a guy that you really, really like, but there are some things about him that are not working for you, or maybe there's some surprises. Maybe you met a guy and you're actually surprised that he's not who you thought he would be but he's turning out to be uh, uh, hold your interest and he's actually showing up for you and surprising you. Most of the women who go through our 12-week course wind up with men they never expected. Like if I were to ask a room full of my former clients who are now in love and with their what we call the guardians of their souls, many, many, many of those women will say, Lisa, you know, it's shocking, but no, he's nothing like what I was expecting, even though he's so much more than what I what I wanted. So I'm curious if anybody is having a similar experience. I actually thought I'd wind up with a professional. 
you know, a doctor, a lawyer, somebody, you know, along those lines. My husband does have a PhD, but he is a body worker. He works on soft tissue injury and he is one of the most, well, he's world renowned. He actually, for anybody who knows, Benjamin just got invited to teach at Esalen in Northern California up in Big Sur. We, just as a point of interest, <laughs> we went to Big Sur for our honeymoon and we stopped by Esalen on while we were up there. So we'll be going back only this time we'll be guests of Esalen, which would actually be quite wonderful. I'm very excited about this. He just told me today that that's happening. So I'm curious, has anybody been surprised? Is anybody stuck or on the fence and unsure about whether or not this is their guy, right? If they're compromising too much, maybe you've met a guy and you're trying to throw your list away and you realize that that list may be costing you and causing you to filter out some really good men. And so in trying to open up your mind and your heart to some other men, maybe you're finding that uh, you're confused about whether or not this person is, is really right for you. So it's, it's very, very difficult. If you watch my 45-minute presentation, there are five shifts. And one of those shifts to finding true love is to throw away that list. Think about this. Every time you put more criteria on that list, you wind up cutting out more and more people. So every time when I worked at eHarmony, every time somebody would put more and more criteria on their list, their pool just became smaller and smaller and smaller. And it didn't just cut out a few people. It cut out huge segments of the population. So for many people, they have, they have restricted themselves so much that nobody could possibly fit that list. Nobody. It would be an impossibility for anybody to have all the things on the list. When people do my course, we actually walk them through a process to come up with what I call your final five. Your final five are the five must-haves the five things that you cannot live without. So they are five things that you've sacrificed or compromised in the past that you must have in order to find your guy. And these are things that you thought you could do without that you really can't. One of my final five was I used to support all the men that I dated, including my ex-husband. I gave them jobs. <laughs> <laughs> I paid for everything. And it wasn't a coincidence that I did this. My father struggled financially. So it started there. And then I had inherited some money. I had funds and I didn't have a lot of self-esteem. I thought that men who had money could date any woman they wanted. Why would they want to date me? So I actually chose both consciously and subconsciously, because it's not what I really wanted, but I accepted men who were not what I wanted. And 
they didn't have funds and I dated down because that was my comfort zone. I was compensating for other things by choosing men who didn't have money so that they would be reliant on me. And so that I felt like I had something to offer them that they couldn't maybe get elsewhere. Well, what that did was it didn't work. (laughs) It just didn't work. It didn't work for me and it didn't work for them. Now, I think both men and women today should have careers, should have jobs, should contribute financially to a relationship. But certainly in my mother's generation, Women stayed home and they, you know, had babies and they took care of the household. That was really a woman's role until not too long ago. And so we have been socialized in many ways that men are the bread, you know, are the primary breadwinners, especially even today. If a, if a couple has children, it is the woman who still has the bulk of the responsibility for the child. So very often, even if a woman has a thriving, important career, she will very likely try to put her kids in a school that's closer to her work than her husband's work, because if there's a problem, she will be the one to go to the school and get the kids and bring them home if they're sick or whatever. And she would be the one who does a lot of the caretaking of the kids even today. And so often men still feel like their contribution to a marriage is to be the primary breadwinner. And when you take that away from a man, when the woman is the the woman bears the children, she has the primary career or job, and she takes care of the kids, she's sort of doing all of those things. Very often, even if he can't articulate it, a man doesn't really feel confident and strong and empowered in the relationship because he doesn't know his role anymore. And so it's often very, very emasculating, even still for a man to be making less than his wife Um, In all of my relationships, I was the primary breadwinner until my current marriage, and it just didn't work. I lost respect for the men I was with, and they felt emasculated and like they weren't measuring up. And I didn't know how this was affecting us in the relationship, but I knew it wasn't healthy. It was killing our sex life. It was taking a toll on our emotional connection. And so those relationships didn't work, but I had to look at myself and ask myself why I chose those men, why I said yes to them, and why I chose to stay in those relationships. And it's because I thought that I couldn't be with a man who was on my level financially or even a little above me. So It took a lot of work on myself to admit that and then to stop dating men who didn't have solid careers and who were not good breadwinners. And I have to say that shifting that dynamic was huge, huge. So in my program, we look at that, like, why did you settle for those things in the past? You know, why did you keep dating addicts or 
why did you keep picking emotionally unavailable men and looking at your part in that and then being able to say, okay, what do I have to change inside of myself in order to attract a man who does have those qualities? And in my program, the guy that you meet has to have all five, not one, not two, not three, not four, all five of those qualities. And then my women get a wish list of 10 other things that they would like. And that's it. They have their final five and their wish list of 10. And that's really what they go into the dating world and look for. And it's powerful. It really is powerful to, to bring, to reduce everything to those two lists. And so many of my clients will come back and say after they meet their guy, the final five was what did it. It really raised the bar. It helped them clarify what they really needed and should be looking for in a future partner. And by sticking to that, they were able to really to find the guy they'd always been looking for. So it's a very powerful process that we walk you through in my program. You can't do it unless you do my program. So I got you there. Go click that link and watch my webinar and sign up for a call if you want to find out your final five. I'm just saying <laughs> many women would say this is the thing that led them to the guardian of their soul. So this process works. So you really want to be careful. It's okay to have a list, but it's got to be the right list and it can only have the right amount of qualities. If you have a list that's too detailed, that's too exclusionary, you're gonna cut out some very, very, very good people. And even if you have a list, you have to know that some of those qualities may be there, but they may look different than you think they will. So have your list, but keep an open mind and allow for, for this to look different than you expect it to look because most of my clients will tell you that the man that won their hearts was not the man they thought they were looking for. So I am Lisa Shield and I am a love coach of 20 years. I met my husband in the very early days of online dating on JDate and not such a good site anymore. Match.com bought it out. But one of the qualities I did put on my list was that I wanted to date a Jewish man. I'm not religious by any stretch of the imagination, but both of my parents were Jewish and I was raised in a Jewish household. And I knew that the right Jewish man was going to be a great fit for me because we would be aligned on so many things right from the start. And I listened to my heart. My first husband was not Jewish. My current husband is. And I just find that we really do align and that that did matter. Even if I'm not, not practicing, even if I don't go to temple or even celebrate the high holy days like I did when I was a kid, we still share so many core values and, you know, he and I. So that was an important one. But I met him in the very early days of online dating, and I became one of the first love coaches on the planet. And I have helped 
hundreds and hundreds of women directly through my program and thousands through these broadcasts, through my podcast, my Facebook Lives, my YouTube channel. So please, please, please go to lisashield.com, click the button to watch my free presentation, stay to the end so that you can sign up for a breakthrough call with me or a member of my team. We will jump on that call and talk to you about how we can help you get your final five and find the guardian of your soul. I would love for you to give me a thumbs up if you like this presentation. You can do the same on YouTube. You can like and rate this podcast. We listen to all of your feedback. We take it seriously. So please, please, please let us know your thoughts. If you love us, let us know. If you hate us, let us know. I've seen comments where people have said all she does is talk about herself and she's a big yawn. We listen to that. I'm still going to talk about myself. And the reason for that is because the women who hear my story and my stories and relate to them are my best clients. So if you relate to things I'm saying and you find similarities in your life story and your love story, then that means that I would be a great coach for you. If you don't resonate with my story and you don't want to hear me talk about myself, then go listen to someone else's podcast. I'm not interviewing other people. I'm talking to you about the work I do, about how I got here, and about why I approach it the way I do. So if you resonate, if you find similarities in your story with mine, that's all the more reason to click the link and watch my presentation and get on a call with us. The last thing is please go to lisashield.com and look at my testimonials. I think it's lisashield.com forward slash praise. And finally, send us your comments and questions and topic suggestions to podcast at lisashield.com. I'm Lisa Shield, by the way, in case you didn't get that already. This is Finding the Guardian of Your Soul. I do a broadcast on Thursdays. It's usually at 11.30 a.m. Mountain Time. And I do a second broadcast on Sundays, and that one is with my husband. It's called Getting Inside the Right Male Mind, and that is at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. Please tell everyone you know, your sisters, your cousins, your aunts and uncles, your mother, your father, your brother, I think I may have already said that, um, and all of your friends and nieces and nephews about this broadcast. We are really wanting to spread the word. We are talking about finding love in a very different way than most other people. So please help us spread the word and come back and see us again and see me again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here today. And I look forward to next time. Bye-bye.